Hello and welcome to episode 302 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. As always, joined by Evan Silva. We are entering the home stretch here. Week 14 is upon us, Evan. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Adam. On today's show, each Tuesday throughout the entire season, we go team by team highlighting the most important things we saw from a fantasy perspective and key takeaways. Before we get into it, have to let you know that this show is indeed brought to you by our friends at prizepicks.com. You guys know me. I love player props. Unfortunately, a lot of people can't bet the stuff we're betting on the prop side because they live in New York or California or Texas or a whole slew of other states that don't have regulated sports betting. Prize picks is legal and regulated in those states. You can bet their props in parlay form if you want to give them a try. This week, they have a 100% instant deposit bonus up to $100. Use promo code ETR to get the best deal or the link in the show notes. Again, promo code ETR at prizepicks.com for the instant deposit bonus and the best deal. Also recommend getting in the Discord, the Prize Picks channel in there. It's good discussion around stuff to take. All right, let's get into it here with the NFC. Arizona Cardinals got Kyler back. Arizona Cardinals got DeAndre Hopkins back. It wasn't really, I think, a game where we could evaluate them too well. Kyler only threw the ball freaking 15 times, but DeAndre Hopkins did catch a touchdown. The problem was DeAndre Hopkins, two targets on 15 attempts, still 13.3% target share in this game, 5.6 targets per game on the year for DeAndre Hopkins. Volume remains a concern for him, but at least he's back. He's healthy. They got eased in an easy spot. What did you see out of the Cardinals Kyler nuke return, Evan? Yeah, and they uh, and entering this uh, week uh, fourteen, DeAndre Hopkins is going to have an extra day because they are playing on Monday Night Football against the Rams. So he should be rounding back into uh, near near back toward one hundred percent. Kyler Murray is if you're in the uh, MVP betting market still and you're looking at that, I think that Kyler Murray. There's five games left. There, there's a decent chunk of season left. I know he's missed some time. That's going to work against him. Tom Brady is the clear favorite. I think if you're going to make a bet 10 to 1, Kyler Murray, I think he's still got a shot at it. Um, and he's got this big primetime game against the Rams uh, to show off. So, I mean, I, this is a big game for the Cardinals. I think it's a big game for his MVP chances. I think we're going to see Chase Edmonds probably miss one more game coming off the high ankle sprain. James Conner over his last four touch counts, 22, 26, 13, 26, uh, a true bow cow. He did get vultured by Kyler a couple of times uh, in scoring position, but he played really well. He led the team in receiving. Um, I think, I don't know, maybe Kyler's missed too much time to win it because I've actually been, I have a bunch of MVP yeah. bets thanks to Ryan. I have a bunch of Tom Brady, eight to one, thanks to Ryan Reynolds, who does the awards column for us. The one that he was talking about today, long shot we can get to in a minute here, is Matthew Stafford at 16 to 1. And you mentioned that game. Let's say Matthew Stafford goes out there and wins and beats Kyler this week. Obviously, Stafford's going to come down probably into that 8 to 1 range or so. Let's go to Atla- Let's go to Atlanta. Um, you know, I, I'm ex- Cordell Patterson is like they're running the entire offense through him. I get it. It's just only 11% target share over the last two weeks. And that's not fluky because he's only ran 32 routes on 81 Matt Ryan dropbacks. Like they're almost using him like a true bell cow now, not as a wide receiver hybrid. He's like their prime running back. Benefiting in the past game is Russell Gage. I mean, Russell Gage, I didn't think he had a big enough ceiling or I thought it was close if he had a big enough ceiling to be viable in tournaments this past week. I didn't use him 
at all in my bringbacks on the Brady stuff. I used Kyle Pitts. The person who won the ETR subscriber league had Russell Gage as the bringback and the Tom Brady stuff made a big difference. Do we need to reevaluate how we think about Russell Gage? Would you be adding him, Evan, and anything else on the Falcons? You know, he's in that sort of like Hunter Renfro sort of range. I, I like Renfro a little bit better, but, you know, that's sort of the range that he's in in terms of he, I mean, he is locked into a pretty good role in terms of volume. He's got seven plus targets in four of his last five. He had 12 this past week. He's competing for targets in the wide receiver core with Tajay Sharp and Olamide Zacchaeus. So his role is not going to lessen, um, but he's not going to add a whole lot uh, to the volume that he does get. Uh, Kyle Pitts this past week played 94% of Atlanta's offensive snaps. That's a career high for him. He's just not getting – they're not throwing the ball to him in scoring position. Yeah. You remember uh, they they used to do this with Julio, mm-hmm. and it's partly, you know, partly maybe, you know, Matt Ryan's risk aversion in, in, the, in scoring position, partly probably the way the defenses are treating Kyle Pitts, but he's not getting targets uh, in, in scoring position, and that's hurting him. Carolina. So they were on a bye and news breaks. I guess it was Sunday that they fired Joe Brady. And that one kind of caught me off guard. Like, I didn't think this was on Joe Brady. When your quarterbacks have struggled as badly as Panthers quarterbacks have struggled, is it really on Joe Brady, the 30-year-old former LSU pass game coordinator? He'll be replaced for the rest of the season by running backs coach Jeff Nixon. Of course, Jeff Nixon's going to look like a genius now because they're home against the freaking Falcons this week, right? But I don't know. What do you think of Brady getting fired? Do you know anything about Jeff Nixon? Because I don't. I just know that Jeff Nixon is Matt Rule's boy from Baylor. So, you know, they, you know, they, they go way back. I, I, I could, I could sort of sense that there were potential issues. I didn't see this coming. Obviously I don't think anybody really did, but I could sense that there were issues in terms of run pass balance. Matt rule wanted wants like, you know, uh, like uh, he wants to play run at first football and Joe Brady is more of like a progressive thinker and he wants to be aggressive in the passing game. And they just – you could sort of tell that they were butting heads, I think, uh, starting maybe like four or five weeks ago when when things really started to go south for their offense. Um, they, they want to run the football. And, you know, now they're going to try to do that with Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah. And, you know, they're probably not going to be very successful. I did think it was interesting that the, the Panthers did – I always wondered why, why is Friday night the, the news dump when you could just do it right when all the games start on Sunday, what a, what a great time to, to dump that news. Yeah. I'll say this, you know, like maybe Joe Brady's style doesn't work for this Panthers team because their quarterbacks have been Darnold and PJ and, and Cam Newton. If they get, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers or, you know, who knows some good quarterback, then you want Joe Brady in there, you know? So I don't know. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to no, me. They were 10th in yards per drive last, last year with Teddy Bridgewater yeah. at quarterback. I mean, Joe Brady can, can run an offense. He's going to get a job very, very quickly. Wouldn't be surprising if he like, you know, went back to LSU or, you know, get, gets uh, an NFL job. I mean, he's going to land on his feet. No question. By the way, we did mention before the buy that no Christian McCaffrey, obviously going forward, Shuba Hubbard is probably uh, taken in your league. But if Amir Abdullah is still out there, I do think Amir Abdullah is going to play a lot of pass downs for this offense. And again, they play the Falcons this week. We'll be talking about Cam again on Friday night. I'm sure there'll be some good debate there. And throwing to the running back is a big part of their offense, or at least it has, it has been to this point. I don't think that, you know, at this point in the season, they're really going to change anything schematically. 
Let's go to the Bears. Uh, Andy Dalton was under center once again. I mean, the thing that struck me is, is what we talked about after the Thanksgiving game. The way that it rolled out for David Montgomery on Thanksgiving was kind of fluky because when you're getting 21 carries and nine targets like David Montgomery got in this game against the Cardinals, like you're going to succeed. I prefer all these guys, Mooney, Komet, Montgomery, when Dalton is in there. I don't know yet who's going to start between Fields and Dalton. I don't know if you have any read on that or anything else on the Bears. No read so far on who's going to start for the Bears on Sunday night football against the Packers. But yeah, I mean, this would be, I guess, you know, the the time to switch back to Justin Fields, assuming that he's healthy with Andy Dalton just coming off. A, a, I mean, he was terrible. He was just absolutely yeah. terrible. By the way, the Cardinals are number one in uh, pass defense DVOA, which is just crazy considering what they have at cornerback. Yeah. They've been playing great defense all year. Yep. Um, Dallas Cowboys. So Amari was active for that game on Thursday, but he was limited. Only 24 routes on 47 dropbacks. We saw CeeDee Lamb. We saw Michael Gallup be the every down receiver. The, the thing that sticks out, I mean, my God, you know, Zeke is out there kind of like limping around and looking awful. And Tony Pollard is just shot out of a cannon. But still, even in the Thursday game, you know, even with Pollard running circles around him, mm-hmm. Zeke 45, 28 in snaps, Zeke 15 to nine in touches. Actually, big game for them coming up at Washington because Washington can still win the division uh, easily if they win this game. So huge NFC East game. What did you see out of Dallas last Thursday? Yeah, Amari Cooper came back dealing with the, I guess, non or post-COVID illness symptoms. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he only saw two targets. He was limited on Thursday Night Football against the Saints. But the the Cowboys offense should be about as healthy with, you know, with the uh, caveat of, of Ezekiel Elliott. Tyron Smith has played back-to-back games of 100% of the snaps. You'd think Amari Cooper is ready to roll uh, coming off the, the you know, quote-unquote mini-buy. Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, all 100%. And, yeah, what is a very big game in the NFC East? The Cowboys have lost some games that they should have won. You know, I mean, they are a much better team than the football team, but the football team is, has won, what, five in a row? Yeah. Yeah. They're coming to save the over eight bets, the over eight and the over eight and a half. Yes, the, the football team is coming for it. Um, Detroit. So they get their first win. First win comes without DeAndre Swift. I don't know if you saw the uh, viral the video that went with Jared Goff's girlfriend. Like she's like some ridiculous like swimsuit model. And she, somebody shows her video of Jared Goff. Winning. I mean, shout out to Jared Goff. People give him a lot of shit. I mean, shout out to him. Anyways, you can see what happens when big, 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 two big shout shout outs to <laughs> Jared can, Goff. You can see what happens when DeAndre Swift is out, right? So, like, suggesting, and, and this is where I was so glad you guys uh, on Friday night, you know, talked me out of playing any Jamal Williams. I ended up playing no Jamal Williams. Because, like, he's not DeAndre Swift, right? And what you saw was, instead of a big running back target share like they've had all year, the wide receiver target shares actually went through the roof. And we had an over on, which I never, I definitely didn't feel good about, but we had an over on Amon Ross St. Brown yards, and he absolutely smashed that. Reynolds went over his yardage prop. Khalif Raymond went over his yardage prop. They all did, just, like, fewer targets going to running backs. And then this Jamal Williams thing, you know, I thought he'd be used more in the past game. Only nine routes on 46 Jared Goff dropbacks for Jamal Williams. Jamar Jefferson got in there. Godwin got in there as well. So yeah, you know, it it, it was good that you guys got me off Jamal Williams because that was definitely the right move. And you see anything else in Detroit who again, finally got their first win? No, you literally covered everything. I mean, Godwin <laughs> I- I- Igwebuike was the passing down back. 
Yeah. And, and Jamar Jefferson was like the change of pace back. He had five carries and a target. Jamal Williams did have 18 touches, but you know, Jamal Williams kind of like needs 30 touches. Well, I mean, and they're not just, high value. They're not high value touches. Cause he's not, he wasn't playing in the past game and he, right. they're not in the red zone very much. So right. And they don't, they don't score and he wasn't catching yeah. passes. Yeah. Packers will come out of their bye to face the Bears on Sunday Night Football. Not sure yet on Aaron Jones. Kind of think he'll be, well, I assume he'll be in, considering what happened in the game before the bye. And then also, not sure on Randall Cobb. We'll be watching that. I think the story for Green Bay has been how much trust Aaron Rodgers has shown in Marquez Valdez-Scantling lately. Like, it seems to have been like a tipping point for MVS where he's kind of turned the corner. I don't know anything on that or anything else in the Packers as they come out of their bye. Now, Aaron Jones should be close to 100%, you would think, but yeah. I think that it's going to be interesting. Can A.J. Dillon outscore him? I mean, I think that that's on the table. Uh, they'll be playing the Bears on Sunday night. That's going to be probably very positive game script for the Packers, and A.J. Dillon can eat in circumstances like that. Any MVS takes for the people on waivers? Would you feel comfortable starting MVS this week if you could scoop him up? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he's he's like on he's on the fringe. He's like a wide receiver yeah. three slash flex, but yeah. I think it would help if if no Randall Cobb. Yep, Rams. So easy win for the Rams over the Jaguars. They do have a big game. We already talked about against the Cardinals on Monday. It looked to me like they were trying to ease in or, or take it easy on Odell a little bit, who was limited all week with a hip issue, only twenty four routes on forty one. Matthew Stafford drop back. Still, I I, I kind of feel better about Van Jefferson than Odell at this point. Also, you saw Daryl Henderson was healthy enough to be active in an emergency situation only. I think he'll be back on Monday in his normal role, but Sony is obviously a very good player, and, and you could see Sony mix in maybe more. That's going to be a tough projection on the Henderson mm-hmm. versus Sony stuff. On Monday, what did you see out of the Rams' easy win over the Jags? Yeah, and we got that news like literally, I mean, 11 minutes before early game lock from Jay Glazer that Daryl yeah. Henderson was going to be active or quote-unquote available for the game. And I mean, I think we kind of saw through it right away that he was going to be uh, the emergency back. I think that if we had gotten that news a little bit earlier, you know, I, I think, I think people kind of, people kind of picked up on that. Oh, right? yeah. That it just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, in general. Yeah. I mean, Sony, it, Sony was, Sony 50, was 50% super owned, high. Yeah. Owned. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think one situation to monitor is the Rams offensive line because uh, in this game, I think it was the first or second snap of the game, R- Brian Allen, their starting center, went out with an MCL and high ankle sprain. And they also lo- lost their left guard, David Edwards, to a high ankle sprain. So um, a situation to monitor entering Monday Night Football against a really good Cardinals defense. Vikings, uh, not much to say about Alexander Madison. We've said it all. I mean, when Dalvin is out, Madison is just an absolute smash. We know this. The big story coming out of Minnesota's game was Adam Thielen going down with what looks like a high ankle sprain. I mean, he's been, he started off slow and he's been just smashing for a while now. They'll get KJ Osborne in there for every snap. KJ Osborne has earned a role from week one. Like they have not hesitated at all to use KJ Osborne the entire year. I think he'll go in there and play almost every snap and go in there seamlessly. He won't be as big of a red zone threat as Adam Thielen was, but you could definitely pick up and start KJ Osborne right away every yep. week, I think. Any thoughts on that? Anything else on the Vikings? Yeah, high ankle sprain for Adam Thielen. We, we, we've we talked about those ad nauseum. They're also going to be without Dalvin Cook uh, Thursday night against the Steelers. Um, yeah, I'm with you. KJ Osborne, he actually played one more snap than Justin Jefferson in this past game only ran one fewer route than Justin Jefferson. He's going to be in there. He played 95% of the snaps, seven targets, 
totally with you. I think he's a strong start against Pittsburgh. Saints, you know, people like there's so much bias against Taysom. And I don't from from I get it in real life, I guess. From fantasy people, I mean, it makes no sense. Dude is just a beast in fantasy. We released a prop uh, over 205 passing yards for Taysom. And he yeah, had like 150 I, I, in the I first half. I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he hurt his finger and he still got there. You know, I mean, he, well, I mean, he got it on the freaking, you know, the, the last second, you know, the last the one in the last two minutes. I mean, they should have pulled him out. I don't know. Why was he still in there? I know. His and finger, the, the he could barely throw. Over. I know. He's just such a, a, a yeah, he's just such a threat. He, he's he, good he, in fantasy. He, he is. rushed he is. 11 times for 101 yards. And like, that's nothing yeah. new. Like, that's just what he does. Right. He threw four picks. Right. He threw two touchdowns. So yeah. I, I'd be happy to yeah. start Taysom like, every week going forward in fantasy. Like he could be like a huge difference maker in best ball too, because a lot of teams probably don't have him or whatever. Like if he has good games in the, in the best ball playoffs, it's going to be a smash. They do play the jets this Sunday also, which obviously like the mm-hmm. jets is just, Oh my God, everybody smashes against the jets. So I don't know on Kamara yet, but anything on the saints that you want to say ahead of the jets game. No. And you know, we've talked a lot about how they have been very depleted in the pass catcher and the skill position uh, core in general. Now Deontay Harris's three-game suspension kicks in. He got a DUI this past summer, and he's going to miss the next three games. He's really been their only playmaker in the passing game, especially with Alvin Kamara out recently. We'll have to see about Alvin Kamara. He must have suffered a setback at some point because we know from Underhill, the Saints never expected him to miss this much time. Yeah, it's been a ton of time on Alvin Kamara. Giants. You know, one thing that Saquon could at least say was that he had this super elite role and he wasn't sharing the ball with anyone in this game. I mean, Devontae Booker played 23 snaps and had 10 touches. Saquon 49 snaps and 17 touches. So like we know Saquon's going to be inefficient. Like that's a stone lock. Uh, You know, you're betting on him through his role pass game and big play ability that you're able to get there. It's getting thinner and thinner for Saquon to get there. And now Daniel Jones is not expected to play. Mike Glennon is not expected to play. Jake Fromm, who was like a fourth stringer for the Bills like a week ago or something, is going to start this game against the Chargers. Give the people a little rundown on who Jake Fromm is and anything else on the Giants. Weak-armed pocket passer from Georgia with small hands. (laughs) Solid college starter, you know, long-time NFL backup, probably like a fringe number two Number three, yeah, they signed him off the Bills practice squad, I believe, a month ago. So not just last week, but, you know, it's – I mean, and then he jumps into a situ- situation where they've got a bad offensive line. Sterling Shepard can't get right. Kadarius Tony can't get right. Kenny Galladay suffered a rib injury Yeah, this past week. Um, yeah, Galladay came the- back in, but it, it, it okay. didn't look good. Yeah, okay. it didn't look good. Yeah. How about the, uh, the gaslighting from uh, Joe Judge? telling uh, Giants Nation that he was encouraged by the offense in their 20-9 loss to the Dolphins. How about that? <laughs> and then, oh, ha- have you heard this uh, this thing about uh, John Maris Carpenter on Giants oh, no. Twitter? Have you seen that? No. no. <clears throat> well, apparently some member of Giants Twitter uh, is friends with uh, John Maris Carpenter. <laughs> and uh, John Maris Carpenter told him that Daniel, John- Daniel Jones, he's out for the year. They He's not coming back. Which one shouldn't say? <laughs> I swear, this is real, man. This is real. You, you gotta. You know, I thought you were gonna, with... gonna say something scandalous or something. Is Carpenter said Dale Jones is out for the year? No, yeah, no, that's yeah. So that that's the rumor according to uh, John Maris Carpenter. But you know, we just we got to get that out there for the people. 
Oh, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, Giants are just an absolute mess. Uh, Eagles. So Gardner Minshew, we talked about this Sunday morning. I mean, Gardner Minshew can rack up fantasy points in the first half against the Jets. I believe it was against the Jets. He had 150 yards and two touchdowns. They didn't really need him in the second half, and he ended up with just a meh game. But still, you can see Minshew has it. I The Eagles say that when Jalen Hurts is healthy, he'll be their starter. I believe them because Jalen Hurts says, I think, played pretty well this year. But you see what can happen to the offense when a passer, a pure passer gets in there. Dallas Goddard, who's had this outrageous target share and usage all year, finally goes off. Miles Sanders went off before uh, uh, hurting his ankle again. So now they head into the bye with maybe a quarterback controversy, maybe a Miles Sanders injury. We'll see on Jordan Howard. A lot to chew on as the Eagles go into their bye. What do you see out of them? Yeah. Um, it sounds like Miles Sanders' injury, he, he balled out, by the way, before he yeah. uh, went down again. I mean, he's he's good. You know, he's he's a really talented player. Um, but, yeah, it was unfortunate that he couldn't finish out. Kenneth, Kenny Gainwell wound up with, what, like 17 touches or something like that? Yeah. Um, but it sounds like Miles Sanders is going to be good to go after the bye. Jalen Hurts probably – I mean, he was – he did practice on a limited basis each day last week. So, I would think that sitting out this past week, sitting out the bye, he should be good to go when they come back. I got to say, if anybody from the NFL is listening to this, week 14 bye, it's just it's just too late, man. Like, people want to start their fantasy playoffs. Like, you can't have some of the best players in fantasy football on a bye in week 14. I, I'm just putting that out there. 49ers. I mean, Eli Mitchell, 49 snaps. Jeff Wilson, two. Jermichael Hasty two. Kyle Shanahan is in stone-cold love. But, of course, in true Kyle Shanahan fashion, it can't be clear-cut because Eli Mitchell, at the very, very end of the game, suffered some head injury. Apparently, he's now... The concussion protocol. We'll have our eye on that ahead of this matchup against the Bengals. Also, I mean, we talked about it on Friday. If George Kittle gets volume, he smashes. Period. Like that. That's it. So there's been a lot of games where he gets two targets, one target, three target in games like this where he actually gets significant targets. He's just an absolute smash. And you saw him break the slate on Sunday. What did you see out of the 49ers' loss to the Seahawks? Yeah, George Kittle is the best tight end in the NFL. And, yeah. and, and, you know, it doesn't always show up in the box where he's, he's pretty boomer bust in fantasy. But, man, when he gets those targets, he is going to absolutely destroy. They're using him, you know, giving him carries. He's an incredible blocker. Um, Debo Samuel said this past week that he was only going to miss one game. And then on Monday, the, I guess the 49ers, were like they said, they were hopeful. But I, it sounds like he's going to miss probably one more with the groin injury. Um, Brandon Ayuk didn't do a whole lot against Seattle, but I, I would expect him to have a better game against Cincinnati. Just George Kittle was just unstoppable in this one. Yeah, and I, I'd be worried about Elijah Mitchell, um, you know, popping up with the concussion symptoms on Monday and about his chances of getting, you know, because that that sets him back a little bit in terms of getting into the protocol. What do you think about Jeff Wilson versus Hasty? Because if Mitchell is going to miss, that's going to be a big question for people. Do you yeah. have any read on Wilson versus Hasty? Well, Kyle Shanahan was talking about um, on Monday that Jeff Wilson's knee flared up. Um, you know, and remember he missed a ton of time because of that, like he had a severe knee injury. So, yeah. and Trey Sermon's been dealing with the ankle. Yeah, Trey Sermon's on IR. He's done. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then Jamichael hate. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is going to be something we're going to have to sift through no question because yeah, it's, we're, we're going to have to monitor the injury reports like all week, probably. Yeah. 
Seahawks. So they signed the Titans, who obviously have like so many problems of their own. They cut Adrian Peterson. The Seahawks sign him and then start him. I mean, what a laughable situation it is. He split with with Rashad Penny. Good to see Rashad Penny in there and healthy, at least. Maybe this stuff is relevant because they play the Texans this week, but I just have no faith in Seattle run game. Anyways, do you see any positive signs, though? I think there were at least some positive signs for Russ in this game as they beat the 49ers. They play at Houston this week, so they're at least interesting. Yeah, easily the best game that he has played. Started really slow. I think it was after, yeah, after the first quarter, I think he was five of six for 12 yards. I mean, just brutal. But this was the, I mean, I thought he looked a little bit better uh, against Washington, just a little bit better. And then I think he took another little step forward here. So, and now he's facing one of the worst defenses in the league, indoors at Houston. Yeah, I mean, we're going we're gonna to be talking about him. Sure. Um, Gerald Everett played like the worst game that you could ever imagine. Uh, two lost fumbles, killer drops that turned in interceptions. I mean, he was just an absolute disaster to the extent. I wonder if they might, they might bench him. Uh, Dwayne McFarland, who did a bunch of stuff for us last year, got a full-time gig at PFF. Great for him. Very deserving. He put out an interesting poll. I don't know if you saw it yesterday. Um, who would you rather have the rest of the way, DK Metcalf or Elijah Moore? And the results were like um, like over 70% Elijah Moore. Yeah, I think it's DK Metcalf just based on quarterback play. And also Corey Davis has been out for the Jets. And when he comes back, I, I, you know, I, I think that makes a little bit of a difference. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I think Corey Davis is done for the year. Is he maybe he aggravated on he played on Sunday and got hurt yeah. in the game. So yeah, no, he because be. he he needs um core muscle sur- surgery. Yeah. 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 Um, but that still it doesn't move the needle enough. I, I'm with you. I would be on DK Metcalf. I mean, yeah. be, because we're seeing strides from Russ. DK Metcalf, he went five for 60 in this last one. He had a a big time 33-yard catch. He got tackled right inside the five. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he's still Dick K. Metcalf. He could take a you know a slant seventy yards to the house. They, I mean, they, their remaining schedule is Houston, Rams, Bears, Lions. Like fantasy Super Bowl, he's playing the Lions. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I would Metcalf. go Dick K. Metcalf. I, I was I would say sh- uh, shocked by those results. The the, the poll yeah. results heavily favoring favoring Elijah Moore. Yeah, we'll get to Elijah Moore next episode. He's certainly been playing his ass off, yeah. and we'll talk about that. Sure, Bucks. So. <laughs> I mean, they just get out there. I thought Tom Brady was going to throw 40 times in the first half. It, it, it was so insane what they did in this game. I mean, they just came out, throw, 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 throw. Chris Godwin had like nine or 10 catches in the first half. Tom Brady is now on pace for 5,342 yards and 48 touchdowns at age 44. I mean, just totally insane. Other thing that, you know, we, we saw coming, I mean, Leonard Fournette, I mean, Gio's not even playing. And Ronald, even with mm-hmm. Ronald Jones leaving with an illness, Gio still didn't play. And so you get mm-hmm. Lenny for literally every snap, third downs, two minute. I mean, Lenny's just role is just absolutely ridiculous. Yep. What you see out of the Bucks? Good for him, for a dude that, you know, I mean, he almost fell out of the league. I mean, he almost yeah. got cut twice last year. Yeah. And I mean, I know we gave, we didn't really give Lenny a hard time. We, we gave people that were drafting Lenny a hard time because they were making bad decisions. We, we, were, we were above consensus on him this year. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's good to see him excelling. He's really, he's like in a, uh, like a, he's like a, a league winner. 
I mean, I mean, yeah. it, it's gotten to that point. Um, so George Kittle is the best tight end in the NFL. Who's the second best tight end <laughs> in the NFL? I guess you've you've submitted Travis Kelsey to the age model. Is that what's happened? <laughs> It's just GG for Travis Kelsey. Yeah, no, I mean, Gronk is yeah. playing absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable, man. Washington football team. Uh, speaking of tight ends, I think Logan Thomas is going to be out for the year. I don't think that's official yet, but I think Logan Thomas will be out for the year. Ricky Seals-Jones could be back, though, so we might see RSJ and John Bates in there. I thought the story was that, like, uh, Antonio Gibson did not lose much to Wendell Smallwood or Jared Patterson. And so we've seen, like, four straight games now where Antonio Gibson is among the league leaders in touches every single week. Huge game against the Cowboys. I would expect them to lean on Antonio Gibson heavily, heavily, heavily. Once again, we'll see on J.D. McKissick's status, though, because I think J.D. McKissick does actually really help them in the past game. What do you see out of the football team? Another impressive win. Yeah, Logan Thomas, They, he, I guess he avoided the ACL, MCL, MCL tear that they initially feared but it sounds like it's multi-week bone bruise or something like that. And yeah, we're not, we probably won't see him for the rest of the season. I said before incorrectly that the football team is on a four game win streak. That's the dolphins. Dolphins are, or I said that they were on a five game win streak. That's the dolphins. They are on a five game win streak. Football team is on a four game win streak during those four games. Antonio Gibson is averaging 27.3 touches per game. Um, you know, I even if J.D. McKissick comes back, he's going to get the ball a lot. Obviously, the, the passing game stuff, you know, kind of evaporates if J.D. McKissick is back. But Antonio Gibson, he's, gonna, he's a guy that you're going to be starting every single week the rest of the way for sure. Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants to finish the year for the football team. That's going to do it for this NFC team by team podcast appreciate you all being here if you're watching on youtube or if you're listening anywhere podcasts are fine hit the subscribe button it is indeed free helps us out a ton also if you've not tried out etr yet we do have monthly and weekly options available we'll be doing our normal content schedule all the way through the super bowl for evan for producer luke i am adam good luck everybody